Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Well, good morning, church family. Thanks so much for being here today as we continue our reset Uh, Living with the Renewed Passion to Be His Church journey this year. Now, two weeks ago, if you're just joining us or new to to our church family, our ministry year runs September to August. And so two weeks ago, we launched our new ministry year. And we're chasing that question, or our our pursuit is that at the end of this year, that that our hearts would be reset to, to live with a renewed passion to be who it is God called us to be. So to get there, we're asking two questions, and these two questions will really guide us throughout this year. One, who are we? The question of identity as as the people of God. Who exactly are we? And then the question of calling. What is our calling? What is it that God's called us to do? And to get there, to answer these two questions, to chase them down, we are going to unpack two places where God, with passion-igniting clarity, speaks into those two questions, identity and calling. The book of Ephesians and the book of Acts will be our two primary uh, texts that we'll be unpacking this year. And I am so excited for what God's going to do through His Word in us. And we're going to start with Ephesians. And so from today until we're singing Joy to the World, Snow is Fallen, and we're putting up our Christmas lights, December the 5th, we are going to be going verse by verse through this uh, just precious letter that's packed with truth of Ephesians. Quick context, it's a, a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a church family that he knew well. It was written near the end of his life. He's in prison, and uh, he's writing to them really to equip them. His uh, apprentice, Timothy, is one of the pastors in this community. So you, you can he's given Timothy his very best. You, you can feel his love for the church throughout this letter. He uh, helped start this church, but then he lived with them for about two years. So he's, I'm sure, seeing the, the, uh, the faces of these people that, that he's come to love as he writes this. Ephesus at that day, today Ephesus, his, uh, ancient Ephesus is pretty much non-existent due to some geological changes in the, the uh, harbor there. But in this day, it was a vibrant, uh, affluent, just thriving port city on the west side of Asia. And it... Uh, Trade was, commerce was, was happening, as well as it boasted one of the world's seven ancient wonders, the uh, temple to the uh, Greek goddess Artemis, the goddess of fertility. And so the significant cultural aspect in that um, idolatry was a big part of, of their culture and their economy, as well as uh, some, just a, a way of living, sexual morality that was accepted that Paul will speak into later on in this, this letter, but he writes this, he begins with his pretty standard greeting here in verses 1 and 2, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus. Apostle means sent one, sent with the, the good news of Christ. By the will of God to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And love that, the grace being the, the unmerited favor of God the peace being the shalom of God. He's just um, longing and blessing these people with. But back to the two, two big questions that, that uh, we're going to be chasing. Who are we? 
and what is our calling. And what Paul does in this next verse, with one verse, he, he pretty much sums it up. And these are the two great, quest, two great questions of life too, aren't they? Who are we? Why are we here? What, what is our calling? And Paul starts this letter, really the content of this letter, with a summary that not only informs us what the answer to these questions, but, but it ignites our hearts and uh, calls us into it. And we actually live it out in these We'll live it out in these next few moments. So, verse 3, he says, here it is. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And so, who are we and why do we exist? We are the people of God, blessed through Christ with every spiritual blessing to praise him. Those two words, praise be, really set the, the tone and the theme of this entire letter. Notice first, the, uh, as he uh, describes the blessing, the extravagance of God there at the end, he says, praised with every, or um, we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And don't you love the, okay, every spiritual blessing, and you stop and let that soak in, what's Paul communicating, and God through Paul communicating is his generosity to his people, like there's no way to even calculate what God has given to us through Christ. Notice also throughout this, and here it says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, and then he uses the word us, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. All throughout this letter, this first part and the remaining letter, it's an us thing or a we thing versus a me thing. And I think this is significant as we understand who we are, our identity. We are part of a family, part of a, a community of faith. And when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, it's not an individual um, me and God. It's a us and God. It's a we thing. And we, I, I love, and we'll dig into this as we go, but we, uh, God um, brings great significance to the individual. He says, every member of my body matters. You know, every member is indispensable, and yet our significance um, exists in community, and we're not complete apart from our connection to the community as the body of Christ. And, and so we receive these blessings together as a community. And then notice one more observation that's just, it's going to run as a theme throughout this letter, and it's the, the little phrase, in Christ. We have received every spiritual blessing in Christ, meaning it's through Christ that we receive these blessings. So we come to faith in Christ, and it's through Him that all the blessings of, of the Father flow to us. 27 times throughout this letter, Paul comes back to this concept. So as you think about your life, and who am I, and what am I called to do, it's really important to, Paul wants us to, to think of ourselves as being in Christ, and say, okay, what exactly does that look like, and we'll flesh it out, but it's really, it comes down to that union with Christ, that intimacy being um, in Him, He in us, we in Him for all eternity. And so we uh, summon this up, and this is the big idea. This is what we'll run with today. Who are we? We are a praise be community. Uh, we'll run with those first two words of verse 3 where he says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to, to just uh, frame our big idea. Who are we? 
We're a praise be community. Why do we exist? What's our purpose? What's our calling? And who are we? What's our identity? We are a praise be community, a worshiping community. So the hope today as we dig into God's word together is that we'll allow his word to just ignite in us a passion to be who he created us to be. And we're actually going to praise him as we go. Now, Paul, what he does in the next 11 verses, verses 4 to uh, 14, is interesting. In Greek, in English, in your translation, you'll see a lot of periods. There's no periods in this uh, Greek text. It's one long run-on sentence that is simply a, a worship song, a praise to God for, for our blessings in Christ. Now, Paul is normally a man of logic, um, where he, he uh, thinks in arguments and thinks from one logical thought to the next logical thought to the next logical thought. Logic is gone in terms of the connection these ideas being connected with, with what comes next. It's almost like he, 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 uh, he's been cruising along in a nice, uh, pick your vehicle. Uh, what, what's a nice car that you drive down the highway? Somebody shout one out. Ford, yes, thank you. <laughs> Ford Focus. You're cruising along in your Ford Focus, and he's like, er, pulls to the side of the road, drops his Focus, and hops in a Jeep and just goes off-roading up to these mountain summits of God's blessing. And it's like, blessing, blessing. And they're like those 14,000 footers out in Colorado. And he just pulls up, you know, off-roading to this blessing that we've received in Christ. And he just pauses and worships. And then, boom, here we go again. Off to another blessing. Paul's, God's gifted him with a mind that just can absorb a lot and, and share a lot. So it's a mental workout as we run through this. But it is just a, a, a beautiful picture of a guy worshiping him and inviting us to worship the Lord along with him in the rest of this text. So we'll look at the five blessings that help us um, live out a life of praise. The first one here is found in verse 4. As he says, for he, for he chose us in him or in Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And so the first blessing that we look at is when we come to faith in Christ, the reality is it's God who chose us to be holy and blameless in his sight. You stop and let that sink in. He chose us. So our salvation, when, when we look at it from God's vantage point, had nothing to do with us solely by his grace. It's through faith in Jesus Christ as we believe, but it's God who chose us. You say, well, I thought it had something to do with me. Well, here's the reality. He chose us before we were even here. <laughs> it couldn't have anything to do with us because we weren't even here to do anything. He chose us before the creation of the world, before the, the clock of time started ticking and we started spinning, the, the earth started spinning around the sun. He, he chose us to be holy and blameless. This is one of those truths that leads us into the mystery and the majesty of our God where our, our human brains eventually just go blinded by the light. We, we can't fully understand this, but it's meant to, to lead us in worship and lead us to praise Him. Praise be to the one who chose us before time began to be holy and blameless. So I was thinking about this this week from a just an everyday perspective. What a comfort, you know, when life starts to feel wobbly and like is... Is it going to be okay? Does God know what's going on down here? And even spiritually, am I going to ever be like Christ? Or maybe I've experienced a failure, I've failed him or 
whatever. And just to come back to this sweet, sweet reality that he chose us before time again in his grace to be holy and blameless. To be holy means to be set apart. To be holy as he is holy, it's set apart for a special purpose. Blameless means to be without guilt, like completely guilt-free, and to think that that's what he chose us to be in Christ. We know that when we come to faith in Christ, we receive his holiness and his blamelessness um, through faith and what he did for us on the cross. So what a comfort. You know, as you think about um, being holy and blameless, why are, why are those a big deal? Why, why does God include those? He chose us to be holy and blameless. It's, it's really about intimacy, isn't it? What's the great treasure of life? The greatest treasure of life? It's Him, and it's knowing Him, and it's walking with Him, and it's living in that union with Him. But what keeps us away from Him? And it's our lack of holiness and our, our guilt where we um, hurt him, we offend him, we sin against him. And our guilt, our sin deserves, not only can we not be in his presence, but we deserve his wrath. Left to our own, ourselves, we stand condemned. From the greatest treasure in life, we can't know him, we can't live with him, and there's a fear that's there, and a, and a, a, a fear that's real. It should be there because we stand under his wrath or under his judgment unless, 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 you are in Christ. <laughs> and this is that beautiful reality that if you are in Christ, Jesus came, lived the holy life that we couldn't, blameless in every way, took our sin upon himself, died in our place and said, whoever believes in me receives my righteousness, my holiness, and, uh, and forgives us of our sin. Yesterday, today, sin into eternity, we stand holy and blameless through Christ in the presence of God. And what's that lead us to do? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, what a gift to just be able to run into the presence of our God and know that in Christ we're holy and blameless. Even though we failed Him, um, that He is faithful to, uh, to forgive us. A month or so ago, I was, as you think about, um, I know this truth can fry our brains, uh, God's sovereign Choice, our human responsibility, both are taught in Scripture. They both run parallel. We, they, they seem to contradict, but, but they're both taught. And so we know we call this an antinomy, where two truths that are equally taught, but um, we struggle to put them together. A picture that came to my mind this week as we process through the, the truth of God choosing us, even before the creation of the world, was uh, holding little Ada, uh, Kyle and Abby Fox's uh, daughter, a couple weeks ago, they went to take our staff, youth staff, to a team-building event at Top Golf. So Tam and myself and Jesse were taking care of uh, Mason and Ada. And I'm holding Ada, and she's at that newborn age where she couldn't quite focus. You know, her eyes aren't quite seeing clearly. And you could just tell she was trying to figure out, who is this object or person that's holding me? And I thought, at this point in her development, when her mom and dad, when Kyle and Abby hold her, does she have any idea how she got here and the good plans that, that they have for her, their love for her? Like, what are they thinking about her future? It's like, they're already seeing Disney, you know, in a couple years and Christmases and they're going to protect her with everything they've got, their love. But, but she's struggling to even make out who is that up there. 
And I thought about us as we awaken to who our God is, infinitely above us in every way. This is one of those moments where he just kind of whispers, I've got you in, in, in a way that, okay, let me blow your mind. I chose you before anything here even existed. So when life gets wobbly and worried about how it's going to turn out, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He chose us. If you were in Christ before um, creation to be holy and blameless. So I hope that truth is a comfort to you today. But the second blessing that, uh, that leads us to praise is there in verse 5, as he says, 5 and 6, in love, in agape, he predestined us, preplanned our destiny for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one that he loves. So second blessing is our adoption as the children of God. God pre-planned our destiny in love. When you think about uh, predestination, it's so important that you put the, the little phrase, in love, he predestined us. And what did his, and now think about that, God has planned out your future in love. Where, where did that lead? It led to him adopting us to be his children. So it wasn't enough just to be like servants or, you know, friends. But he said, I want you to come sit at my table as my son, as my daughter. And in this culture, this idea of adoption to a Roman citizen was huge. It was that you received all the rights, all the privileges, all the, the inheritance of a child of whoever, you, whoever it was that adopted you. In love, he predestined us for adoption. But why? Well, what's the, uh, the purpose of this? And we see it in the text as he says, it's to the praise of his glorious grace. So as we enjoy being his kids and a son, daughter of the king, adopted, what's the, the purpose? The end goal is praise. So as we sit, pull up to his table and he said, ask me what you need and I will provide. And as we come to him with our cares, concerns, and, and uh, know that he will provide, um, we praise him. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has adopted us. In Christ, your future is beautiful beyond comprehension. Because in love, you have been predestined. God has preplanned your destiny as his child. And uh, the future is beautiful. God is saying, Okay, when you wonder, is my life going to be okay? It, if you are in Christ, it's way better than okay. <laughs> it's beyond what we can imagine. Um, and so he's whispering, hey, go love, go live for my glory. Quick story, we were on one of those um, wobbly moments of life in between jobs in 2005 when we sensed the Lord leading away from a certain place, and to, but we weren't sure where he was leading us to. And if you're in a season like that, um, I, I prayer is with you, and, but also um, this encouraging thought. We will, uh, came down here, Dad and Donna were living in the, the house right over here. We stayed with them, went to an interview at a church in Indianapolis that was getting ready to plant a church. And I thought God was maybe calling us to 
we would incubate in that church for about a year with some people, and then we'd go plant a church out of that. So we were doing the interview. I had a friend on staff, felt like a good interview, but at the end of it, the lead pastor said, hey, I think it's, um, you're not the guy. And they prayed just a precious prayer around us. Still remember um, their kindness in doing that. But as we drove home and pulled back, or drove, pulled back in to spend the evening with Dad and Donna, I was discouraged and afraid. And I'll never forget Dad, um, as I'm talking with him, a twinkle in his eye, having you know, several decades of trusting the Lord ahead of, ahead of me, shared this one verse. It's Jesus speaking to his followers, and it's in the context of worry. But he says this, Do not be afraid, little flock. For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. <laughs> and I, I remember that, just soaking in that. Our father, it's not like he begrudgingly provides for us. He is pleased. He's delighted to give. And, and it's not like he's going to give us like a little bit. It's the kingdom. <laughs> so don't be afraid. He's got us. I remember falling asleep, still praying, Lord provide, but, uh, but resting in his um, fatherly love over, over me. And so what is our response? Praise be, praise be to our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. On to the next blessing, the third blessing we see in verses 7 to 10. Paul hits another uh, mountaintop moment, and he, it's one that takes us back to, to where we used to be. Verse 5, he says, or 7, says, in him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. So this third blessing is the blessing of redemption. That word means uh, specifically to buy someone out of slavery and, and to give them their freedom. You say, well, how are we in slavery? We were in slavery to our sin, to our uh, the penalty of our sin, but also the power of our sin. And what Christ did through his blood was he bought us out of bondage to sin in, and, and allows us to live in the freedom of following him. He has, we are a redeemed people. And where this one hits the heart is, as you stop, it takes us to the cross. Stop and think, what was the cost of our redemption? Today, we can, when God says, you know, go love, we can do that by his power. How? It was because Jesus laid down his life for us, gave his life, sacrificed his perfect life on the cross so that we might be redeemed. We might live full and free lives as we follow him. And so what's our response to our redemption? It's praise be to our God and Father. The, uh, this text is interesting. Verse 9 and 10, as it goes on, quick side note, it says, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put in effect when the times have reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Some people, uh, some commentators feel this is one of the central, really, thesis of this book, where what Paul's going to explain is, in Christ, God is, is unifying the universe, which was fractured in every way at the fall. Genesis 3, the first Adam sin. Do you remember in the movie Frozen when it all goes bad and everything freezes? And, and so it was Genesis 3 with sin entering, the curse falls, and it, 
uh, Romans 8 tells us all creation is groaning under the bondage of the curse. But in Christ, w- w- what's happening, and he is, he is um, bringing all things back together. Sin disintegrates. It disintegrates our relationship with God, with each other, with our own self, our mind, body, soul. Sin disintegrates. It disintegrates communities. It disintegrates churches. It disintegrates countries. We have the military. Because of sin, it's fractured. But in Christ, the hope of the world, this is cosmic, universal reintegration, harmony in Jesus Christ. The climax of all God's redemptive plan is found in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the head. We are His body. And where is this reintegration and harmony starting? The church. It's who we are. Who are we? We are the body of Christ, light of the world. His love is flowing through our souls, uniting us together. His word is guiding us. And He says, you go, be my presence in this broken world to reintegrate, to bring harmony and uh, the peace that only that he can bring. Awesome. And what is our response to that? Praise be to our God and Father and the, the opportunity that we have to be a part of, of what he's doing in this time and place. The fourth blessing, though, we see there in verses 11 and following as he says, in him we were also chosen. It's the idea of choosing an inheritance and the, uh, some translations say we've been given an inheritance. I think a better translation is that we were chosen as his inheritance. But in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of, message of truth, the gospel, of your salvation. And so the blessing here is he chose us as his inheritance. And why did he do that? What, what is the purpose of him choosing us as the church, as his inheritance? It's so that we might declare his praises. It's pretty neat to think that well, what's the purpose of our life? When you wake up in the morning and get busy and then you go to bed, and how can you say, okay, it was a good day. Check, accomplished what God wanted me to do. Was it a day of praise? Do you know? Most things we do are a means to an end. You know, we do this to get that. We do this for that. We do this for that. But when we praise, when we worship, that's, that's the end. <laughs> you know, and I love that as we come to worship on Sunday. It's like, this is the point, you know, to praise our God and then to go live a life of praise, a living sacrifice. We were chosen by the living God, one who made all this stuff, to be his inheritance, a people who will spend eternity praising him. And I know sometimes we think about heaven. When I was a kid, I thought, oh, man, heaven's going to be boring. I got to live it up here because I'm going to be floating on a cloud playing a harp or something, and that's torture for an eight-year-old kid. Worship is just living fully for who, full, living out fully who we are. So if God created you to play basketball, it's playing basketball with all your heart for the glory of God. Loving him and loving others as you do it. God created you to fish. It's fishing for the glory of God. Helping others learn to fish as well. If it's uh, whatever it is. <laughs> and it's also, it's multifaceted. But, but uh, this is who we are. We are his chosen inheritance. And then the fifth blessing is just packed with hope. 
as he says in verse 13b, when, we, when you believed, and by the way, when you believed is, a, I think, an invitation to all of us. Anyone here who doesn't, has not believed in Jesus Christ and what he, he, who he is and what he came to do, and that invitation is open to you today. Um, has there been a point in your life when you believed? And when we believe, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. So the, this idea of a seal is when you sent a package to someone in this culture, you sealed it that would indicate it was from you. It was a mark of belonging. We've been sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus said, I'm going to give you a gift, and it's the gift of the Spirit who seals this, a picture of ownership, belonging, but it's the Holy Spirit's presence within us is to remind us that this is a deposit that God is good for the rest. I don't know if you feel those moments when life gets heavy and dark, and the promises of all that God's promised us in heaven and eternity seem so far off and so distant and almost unreal, and here God's saying, okay, let the presence of the Holy Spirit remind you that it's all coming and I'm good, I'm good for the rest. The word deposit there in your text is actually the word um, literally earnest. He is the earnest. And it's from the word from which we get earnest money. Like when you go to buy a house uh, and you make that offer, you put down some earnest money. And it's money that you're not going to get back, but it's, you're letting that, the, uh, the seller know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... I am good for the rest of this money. I'm going to come through with it. And here's the, the earnest for that. So this week, as you're out doing life, and the darkness of living down here starts to hover, to be reminded every time the Holy Spirit ministers to you. And it, what are the ministries of the Holy Spirit? There's many. He, he is our comforter, reminding us of God's promises. He is the one who convicts us when we've gone off and helps us get back on track. He's the one who teaches us, enlightens us to what God has, has given us. When he, He's the one who uh, transforms us into the image of Christ, helping us love and have joy and peace and all these things. When the ministry of the Holy Spirit becomes apparent, it's, to remind, it, it's a reminder to us, the best is yet to come, the best is yet to come, the best is yet to come. And what is our response? It is praise be. Praise be to our God and Father the Lord Jesus Christ. So one day I was out biking along one of our beautiful country roads north of town and I saw this sign that just had me at hello. It was an ordinary sign, um, plywood, and it was just planted out there by the uh, mailbox and they had, with white spray paint, big letters written the words, free horse. Now I don't even want a horse. I don't need a horse. I, it's like, but that was so good. I had to stop, <laughs> quit my training. Like I've got to pull over and talk to these people. And surely I know someone who needs a horse. And this is generosity at a whole new level, free horse. So as I'm slowing down, I see the rest of the sign and it broke my heart. Expectations totally crushed. Free horse manure. Like, no, really? Then I'm like, well, manure is expensive at Lowe's. That was really nice of them to give horse manure, but 
the expectation crash is killing me. <laughs> why are we here? Who are we and why are we here? The world says, man, it's to get more and become all this and, and attain and achieve and all these things. And these things are good. These things are gifts. So we go out to get more and attain more. And all. But when we get there, <laughs> what do we find? As Paul said, compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, it's all manure. I mean, it's useful. You got to have it to make things grow. But compared to him, <laughs> it's manure. And what a treasure that Paul, right here at the outset, says, okay, guys, as people, as a church, we have been created. Our great calling in life, the main thing is praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are, who are we? We are a worshiping community. And it is in worship that we come alive. It's in worship that we live out who God created us to be. We are filled with joy. What truly satisfies the human soul? God alone. In having him, I have all things in one. Our souls are restless till they find their rest in him. And so what is our posture and pursuit in life? Praise be. Amen? Who are we? We are a praise be community. So can we just groove this, you guys? If I, I'll, I'll just say, who are we? And, and we can say, we're a praise be community. So you guys ready? Audience participation. This will wake us all up. Who are we? We're a praise be community. Ladies, who are we? We're a praise be community. Guys, who are we? We're a praise be community. Everybody, who are we? We're a praise be community. Amen. Amen. So this week as we go out, let's light it up with praise. What if we take this text and we let those little words praise be just be a, a reminder all throughout the day. Praise be, praise be, praise be. One of those breath prayers that brings us back to our calling. What if we, uh, I thought, man, for daily, my daily quiet time with the Lord, what if I take one blessing, one of these five, and just go park my Jeep, and spend some time thinking about that, writing in my journal, praising God for that blessing. And then what if verse 3 became a, a soundtrack? So maybe I jotted in my phone my notes, praise be, and, and that triggers the rest of it. To God, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And I just soundtrack that thing throughout the week to help us go live out the calling that, that God has given us. Let's pray. Father, we just uh, thank you for this opportunity to gather as your people and just to step into our primary pursuit and calling, which is praising your name. Lord, we feel the, just the joy and the freedom and the, the, uh, just the fit that this is who you've created us to be as we praise your name, even in these moments. And we pray that you would be glorified in everything that, that you hear even now as we worship you together. Lord, as we uh, go out this week, we pray that we would represent you well and just be that light, be a praising community as we go. We pray that you would help us, and I pray this word that you've given us today would just be an encouragement, equip us, equip our minds, or inform our minds, ignite our hearts, and then fortify our will to go out and 
Just declare your praise wherever we are this coming week. And you are so worthy, Lord. We can't wait to see you face to face. Thank you for this time to be together as a faith family. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.